Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, joined once again by the great, talented, one-third of the On Deck TV podcast and good friend of mine, Spike Lou. Spike, how are you? I'm okay. I've been better. How are you today, sir? Yeah, I'm I'm not really I'm not really good as you can tell with the intro, with the energy and everything. Um this is this is a weird feeling. This is I love doing podcasting, I love having conversations. Um but this is a this is a weird one to have just because this is the one podcast I, I, I just I wish I wish I didn't have to do, you know. Right. Um so uh today today's episode will be a tribute podcast to Nipsey Hustle who passed away yesterday afternoon. He was shot and killed in the parking lot of his own store. Um and, and he was uh and it was on West Lawson Ave. Nipsey Hustle's legacy lives through his longtime girlfriend and two daughters. Uh, just some background information on Nipsey Hussle and who he is. He's a West Coast rapper who emerged in the mid-2000s with critically acclaimed mixtapes like Bullets Ain't Got No Names and then continued to release more critically acclaimed mixtapes over the over the decade like The Marathon, The Marathon Continues, and later Crenshaw before releasing his debut album Victory Lap in 2018, which was nominated for a Grammy. After his early success in the mid-2000s, though, Nipsey did sign to Epic Records uh, but they mutually parted ways in 2010 uh, because Nipsey wanted to have ownership of his music. And this led to Nipsey creating his own independent label, All Money In. And speaking of the before-mentioned Crenshaw mixtape, in 24 hours he sold 1,000 copies of a mixtape for $100 each. Physical copies, the mixtape itself was still free. And Jay-Z even bought 100 of those copies um, mm. so, so that was kind of the, the legendary thing that, that put, that put me on to him. And, and again, that led to, that led to several years of, uh, of working and that led to his debut album, Victory Lap, which was re- again, released in 2018 and was nominated for a Grammy. Now he did a lot of stuff outside of hip hop and that's probably the greatest legacy he leaves behind. Uh, he owned and launched his own clothing store called the Marathon Clothing on West Lawson Ave in 2016. Uh, this was the the place where he was fatally shot. This was on the same corner where he was where he grew up and was known for selling drugs. He turned it into a positive symbol and a source of revenue for his community. Nipsey actually talked about planning to turn the entire plaza into a chain of franchises, creating revenue for his community. 
Vector90 was a program Nipsey helped launch in Crenshaw that taught children coding and brought technology to his community, something that they didn't have an abundance of. Nipsey Hussle planned on scaling this program all across the nation in many inner cities. He even had a, a quote on, on Forbes talking about he wants to bridge the gap between Silicon Valley and the inner cities. And also beyond all these all these outside adventures, he acted in a few films, including Caged Animal, where he was the main role. And he was actively working on a documentary about Dr. Sebi, a controversial doctor who was believed to have found a cure to many diseases but died of complications from pneumonia. Many people believed he was silenced for his medical innovation, so there's a lot of controversy behind him. And that was what he was uh, actively working on before before his passing. Uh, Spike, was there anything you wanted to add to, to just the background of Nipsey, <coughs> the synopsis? Because there's a lot of stuff in here, both on, on rap record and just off of the off of the record, like I said just a very diverse person with a lot of uh, a lot of endeavors as an entrepreneur and an activist i yeah i agree uh, <clears throat> i think one of the bigger questions and you did a great job of breaking it down one of the questions that you'll get people who are not as um steadfast in the culture as you and i are is why was this a big deal it seems like once maybe twice a year you do have a rapper that passes away from unforeseen circumstances and it's something that the culture deals with but in the case of nipsey hustle the reason why it was such a big deal and not to take away or diminish any other artist's death but the the path that nipsey hustle took to stardom uh the the impact that he had on the inner city with a lot of the programs that you were talking about a lot of uh, mainstream artists that are of his caliber, that are Grammy nominated, they don't take the time out to do the small things that he did. And even though he was a major superstar, a lot of the uh, feelings and a lot of the thought processes, he 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 was a person that you felt like you knew him. And that's why it strikes me as uh, that's why I was so big and that's why I was such a deal. And not just another, you know, oh, this rapper died, it's sad, and let's go on about our day and post memes and keep it moving. <clears throat> I think this affected a lot of people because he was so steadfast against the violence and he was steadfast against um, negative things in the culture. And his message was always positive uh, from my outlook. I was able to visit the store last year. Actually, it wasn't even a year ago. It was about the middle of April last year I went to L.A specifically to go out there to visit the marathon store because i was a big fan of nipsey got a couple of t-shirts i just wanted to see where it was and you know how he built it up and i say that to say the reason it's a big deal and to wrap up my point is because his message and his thought process was a lot different from entertainers that you see especially in 2019 it's not just me 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 it's not just i want to get the bag it wasn't just I want to be famous. It was, I want to give back. I want to teach. I want to, I want to grab as many people as I can and put them on the same wavelength as me. And maybe one day this will be a better place for everybody. And I think that's why I hit so hard because of the message that he had. Yeah, I, I really agree. That's, that's just all great words, Spike. You put it, you put it perfectly into, in, into a sentence. And I, and I just want to follow it up by saying, you know, Nipsey was, a great human being. He was articulate. He was thoughtful. He was a leader. And you should, you talked about it in the endeavor in all the endeavors that he's been involved in. And he really, like you said, practiced what he preached. He's one of the few artists that, um, 
that that really just not only not only preached what what he did and how he got successful and where he got to uh how he got to where he is but he he demonstrated it in the music and he showed everything and he gave it back whether it was through music or through interviews or just or, or just through just talking and engaging with people he was always quick to give everything that he learned back to not only his community but just to just people at large but especially his community and that's why i say he's one of the few artists and entertainers like you put that not only made the right career moves because he had a long career a 15 16 year career and it looked like a lot of times there's going to be moments where he was going to fade out and it was going to be over for him at least musically but he kept at it and he kept going so he not only at time after time made the right career moves leaving the label uh doing the mixtapes doing the hundred dollar mixtape like he did all the light the right life moves as well and he did it with pure integrity um there's not really anybody that uh, that that you, that I've heard speak ill on Nipsey. The only people I've heard speak ill are people that don't like his music, and even the majority of those people that don't like his music really respect who he is as a person or what he's about. And and, and you know, of course, there's always going to be the small uh, the small group of people that they if if they can't uh, if they don't like it, they can't respect it either. Right. And, and, and that's and that's just a, a dumb way of looking at things. But beyond that, he was a widely beloved and accepted figure. And, you know, again, he was just somebody who who had who's not only just lo had longevity <coughs> in music, but was a successful entrepreneur. He created a diverse revenue of income. And he did so many things for so many people, and that's why you're right, Spike. This is, this is something that's not easy to take, um, for yeah, for lack of better words. I think that's why it's so hard to digest. Um, he was so relatable, and so many people were like, hey, I feel like I know him. Like I said, I went last year to the store. I bought a couple of T-shirts, bought a lighter. Lighter was seven dollars, and I didn't complain about it. Like, <laughs> and it went, it goes to the point of Nipsey being the salesman that he was. Like, I I don't know of another artist that released a CD that, that cost a thousand dollars, and I didn't hear anyone that bought the CD and paid a thousand dollars complain about it. Yeah. And I think that Nipsey was great in that in that field that he set a standard for what he wanted his brand to be, and. You don't have to, like what you said, you don't have to like it, you don't have to respect it, but the fact of the matter is, is this is what I built and this is what I value my brand as. And if you don't, like you have to get on board with that. And, and I respected him wholeheartedly for making people get on board with the $100 CDs, with the $1,000 CDs, the $70 t-shirts. Like It takes a level of commitment to stand your ground and, and say, you know, I believe in the quality of work that I'm doing. I believe in the quality of the brand that I'm bringing and I'm going to push this and this is going to be my big thing. It's not going to be I'm not going to be like every other rapper and, and do the thing that makes everybody else popular. I see a different way. I see a different path and I'm going to take that. And that's why he was so popular. And I think that's why it's so hard to take because he was so well thought out in his voice and he was so mature at 33 to where he had gotten it differs from a Tupac or a big or a Mac Miller or people that have passed before him in hip hop, because I don't think that those guys had gotten to the point 
that Nipsey had in knowing what they wanted to do with themselves, knowing what they wanted to do with them, their lives, knowing what they wanted to say with their message. He had the benefit of being a little bit older than those guys were when he passed. And, and that's why I think it makes it so hard to take because, like you said, he had had a long, fruitful career been rapping and, and acting since 2000 that's 19 years yet this was his first released album this year and it was grammy nominated so you could say he was just getting started also yeah. at 33 and and that's a lot of positive um that's a lot of positive real estate to have at that age we would have thought prior to sunday you know with, with, before everything that happened. But I just think the reason why it's so impactful and, and, and it hits people so close to home now is because we had gotten used to seeing Nipsey hustle around. Like we had gotten used to seeing the marathon continues. We got used to seeing him with Lauren London. They just finished a spread in uh, GQ. I think last week it was released, you know, and like Lauren London was just having a conversation with her child about explaining and having hard conversations with them about things that happen in this world. These things happened last week. And these things that make you feel like, you know, like I said, Nipsey Hussle and what makes it that much harder to deal with. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a lot to like, it's, it's really, it's really just crazy about how differently life changes. Like, you know, of course all of these are shocking when they happen, but this was one that I found just really shocking because of what you talked about, all the all the decisions that he made made him so respected in both fields, both the both the music industry and the street level as well. He was he was extremely respected just on on pretty much every level as a human being. He, he had respect and, you know, and his and his untimely passing to make it is just that much more of a shock because of it and you know it, i even read somewhere that he was actually supposed to meet with the los angeles police department today to talk about um to talk about you know helping end gang violence or or fighting against gang violence and here he you know he's uh he, here he's passing from that very thing and it's just it, it's really it's really tragic um it's it's really sad um you know i i i don't know if we want to get into the specifics of the case of you know of how it's going on because the investigation is still ongoing and all that but um but um go ahead you yeah i mean if you want to talk about it we can as far as from what i've seen and what we know so far um they said he got into an altercation with a young man there. The young man had a background in uh, being a snitch or like he had a a bad reputation around there. Nipsey Hussle told him to, to leave the premises and he didn't want him up there. The young man left when he got a gun, came back and shot him. That's wow. allegedly what happened now. I mean, I don't know that to be true, but that's just some of the stories that I've read. Um, they said it was as simple as just uh, an altercation and the kid leaving, going to get a gun, feeling disrespected and shooting him. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's really that to me when I when I first heard that story, you know, it again, I'm no detective or anything, but that that was something that made a lot of sense because uh, 
be, because of the simple fact of, of his level of respect. I didn't see this as something that was some type of hit. I never believed the Dr. Sebi conspiracies that were floating around. Like, none of that made sense to me. But this is something that, you know, uh, I mean, Pac really suffered the same way, right? Like, Pac was just, it was an altercation that, like, hours before that led to, that led to his, his passing. And, and, you know, and that, and that's kind of what is believed to be the point, uh, or believed to be the story of Nipsey's passing as yesterday. Um, one of, one of the things, and I don't know if I'll, I'll be honest with you, Spike, I don't know if we'll, uh, we'll talk about this and, and I may or may not put this in the podcast, but, um, just because I don't know if it. I don't know if it's going to get too off the topic, but it's something that really sat with me too after Nipsey's passing was mm-hmm. um, last year when when X when XXX Tentacion was shot and there was that uh, I remember it vividly. I was at work. It was five p.m. on the dot, and I got the notification that he was that he was shot. Um, and then friends started texting me, so I started so I started going to Twitter and I'm seeing all of these. And I'm going to Twitter because as a, as you know, a member of my generation, and this is why I want to have this conversation because maybe it's different for mm-hmm. you. But I was I was glued to Twitter, refreshing, 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 trying to figure out, you know, okay, is he going to live? Is he going to die? His condition was unknown, and then you know I was doing that for about an hour before we got the final tweet that said uh, from the sh- police department that said XXX Tentacion passed, and that's a lot like. Um, and that's a lot like the Nipsey, Nipsey hustle. It was that exact same thing. It was this hour of limbo in a 24, seven, 365 immediate, immediate, immediate news cycle that we live in. I found myself, you know, like glued to my phone for an hour. And then meanwhile, as you're going through all this, you're searching Nipsey hustle, you're searching at XXX Tentacion and you're getting all this, uh, pray for him or you're getting these tweets that don't pray for him actually uh don't tweet pray for him actually pray for him and then you're getting you guys don't even listen to nipsey hustle but now you care mm-hmm. and then you're getting and then you're getting the i don't care or like with the xxx like he's a white beater good he deserves to die like you're getting all this stuff in it and i really i really think there's like a damaging psychological aspect to that as as me a, a, a consumer just trying to figure that out you're getting all these warped and twisted uh views and and aspects and then meanwhile you're glued to your phone just like desperately refreshing constantly refreshing trying to figure out what what's happening i don't know i think it's i i I think it's a really weird thing that can that can kind of warp uh people's mind because it's it's really disturbing when i think about it yeah i yes you bring up an interesting perspective and one that i can speak on uh, I guess I guess here's a benefit of being old for today. I can take you back to when Tupac was shot. Like I remember when that happened, and there was no Twitter, there was no internet, none of that. And I remember we were getting ready to go to the fair. We walk into the fair. I'm from Tennessee, so we walk down to the state fair. It's like a couple blocks from my house. A group of friends and I, we walk down, and I remember that when they announced that he had gotten killed, not when he actually had gotten shot. And at this point, he had been in the hospital maybe six, seven days, maybe twice per day. MTV would uh, give you an update, you know, what was going on with him. And Tupac had been shot before when this happened. So 
we were kind of conditioned to think that at some point in time, the, the news break was going to be Tupac is out of the hospital. He's back going, living about his regular life. He'll be cussing someone out on MTV in about three weeks hmm. because that's what had happened before. And it was a, a Friday the 13th and we were about to leave out and they broke in and they said Tupac has, has, has passed. He's dead. And I was, what, 12, 13 years old to date myself here. And I remember not really actually believing it, one, just being a child, being a teenager, and two, not actually knowing, okay, what's next? Like, do we, we'll never hear him again. Like, just, you know, processing yeah. this child is a lot different from this now. And I, I tell that story to say, I, I I don't really remember when Triple X got shot. Like I, I do remember getting the story. I wasn't following him that closely. I wasn't as tied into his music as Nipsey, but I do remember um, yesterday when I had gotten the first notification or text from the group chat to say, "Hey, this happened to Nipsey." They don't know if he's all right or not. And I went to Twitter initially, looked for like maybe fifteen minutes. And then I didn't want to see anything. Then I didn't want to see any updates or anything, people speculating because of the era that we live in. The only thing that I wanted to see next was like going back to the Pac situation. For me, what I thought and what I wanted to see next was Nipsey was shot. He would be okay. He's recovering in the hospital. I thought that would be the next headline. So I didn't go looking on Twitter and I wasn't refreshing. Uh, I think I was just more optimistic than anything. Uh, but to, to hit more to your question about the psyche, I, I think – Social media media kind of ruins that experience for people because everybody wants to be the first to say something or have the opinion about something or to give their input that, that maybe they thought someone else didn't know. And I think that's how it spirals out of control with the Dr. CB conspiracy theories or the the it was a hit and he was doing this because of this and he had just bought this. Like everybody wants to be the one to say, I told you so. And it, it, it does kind of bastardize the whole process. Like I, I remember more people mourning when we were waiting on the news for Tupac or mourning when we were listening to the news from Biggie and heard that he had finally died, as opposed to this, I think within within maybe eight hours, four hours, you have people having arguments online like, oh, you're dumb for thinking it's a conspiracy or you're dumb for thinking it was just a random gang thing. Oh, well, he should have never been there. Like, And people are going back and forth about nothing, essentially. No, nobody knows or had the facts as to what happened. So what's the argument of the bickering about? And I do think it does kind of take away from the experience, like what you said, it kind of makes it even worse. It makes it nastier for his family or his friends and, and people that are actually close to him to maybe want to go online and get away from this and have a moment and maybe get some condolences online and people have morphed it into this totally different thing that, that, that makes no sense at all and it's not prevalent to any conversation about making anything better yeah that that's you know i'm i'm glad i'm glad you gave me your perspective on Pac and big's passing because i think that's exactly what i was looking for truthfully as you know someone who's new into hip-hop i've been following it for the last six years and really over the last six years there haven't been too many passings but now it seems like they're happening more frequently and um 
and, you know, like the max situation was different, right? Like the max situation was we didn't get the report that he was in the hospital. We just got the initial report that he passed. So, so that's, so I don't want to really compare it to that situation, but like the X in the, and the Nipsey situation for me was very similar in the fact that I was, that I, there was like this hour limbo and you're getting details after details. You're getting little things trickling in from, of course, all sorts of, uh, of sources. I, I guess you can call them, you know, some credible, some not, but you're in somewhere it's like, uh, three people were shot and you're hearing, um, Nipsey was shot six times and you're hearing, then you're hearing one is passed and then you're hearing Nipsey was shot in the head and then, you know, and then you're kind of just like, and, and you're kind of like putting it, you're trying to like put it all together and process it in real time. And then meanwhile, you know, you're getting the, the, again, the horrible videos. I don't get why people do that, but, um, that's a whole nother issue to me. Like the, the whole posting of videos of, uh, a recording of, of, of the, of deaths and all that. And it just, it's really, yeah, I wonder I really, I really wonder that, God forbid, if, if this situation happens again to another artist, that it, you know, I really wonder, like, I really wonder how I'm going to react, how I'm going to look at it, because I just, I just felt so, I felt so, like, horrible as I'm, as I'm, like, sitting here in limbo, you know, I'm with my friends, like, Michigan State just won the, the, uh, the, the game against Duke, they're going to the final four, like, uh, you know, this is like a, a moment of, of my lifetime, you know, I'm senior year at Michigan State, my last year, and now all of a sudden they're in the final four for the first time since I've been there, and then, and then I'm getting this news, and I'm just kind of, like, sucked into this world, and my friends are around me, you know, talking to me, and I'm just kind of absent-minded, and, focused on on this and i just i really i really wonder man it, it if you know if there's going to be some type of study that shows that this is damaging because it just it feels so it feels so wrong in so many ways you know i agree hey i, I like you said it, it, it's the sitting in limbo and and wondering and going back and forth and not actually being able to engage in anything else because that's on your mind. And even if it's something, like you said, you were with your friends, if you're out and I guess the thing about stuff like this with hip hop is it's such a, a pocket culture, you know, like you and I, we enjoy it, but not everybody. We can't go out and expect the whole world to, to know what's going on. So, you know, you go to work, you go to school, you go to class and, and mm-hmm. you know, your professor doesn't know who Nipsey Hustle is. But does that mean it's not a big deal? You know, like this is, I would compare it to, and I guess I would have to be told by someone older than me that I'm wrong. But I guess when, like when Lennon was killed, the the Beatles, I'm sure that was like a major thing. Mm -hmm. And, but that was because it was pop culture. And I'm sure that more people were talking about it, but you're talking about, someone with that type of status or stature in the hip-hop community nipsey hustle was an a-list artist like it, it, it wasn't and i do and, and i'm not trying to be disrespectful at all when i say this but it, it wasn't you know the little such and such and it wasn't the 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 mumble rapper or the no-name guys you're, you're talking about a guy who was nominated for a grammy this year mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy who had numerous businesses in silicon valley as far as in, in cryptocurrencies with bitcoin 
just things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with with a rapper, especially a gangster rapper from Compton. And I think to have all of those things tie in and then to look at it and say, hey, the world the world keeps spinning, it, even with Tupac. Like, it, this was ABC World News. But in this era that we live in today where the news cycle spins so fast, I wonder, like you said, I wonder, do we pay the proper attention or the effect that it even has on us as people to process this stuff so fast and just move on so quickly? Yeah. You know, because the, the world is, I, I'm not sure if it's a bigger or smaller place now with things like this that happen. Because like I say, the alert will pop up on everyone's iPhone if they fall, if they have the right widgets inserted, they all will see that Nipsey Hussle died. But who actually knows? And then how do you process that with a person who it actually affects, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I'm rambling so, a little bit, I guess, but I, if my thought was clear enough to, <laughs> no, to yeah. process it. No, it it makes it makes sense to me what you're what you're saying, you know, and I and I really think that you know his th there is some sort of real ramification of, of, about this going forward. And I just I wanted to kind of put that put that out there, um, just because everybody talks about social media and there's always being an, a a downside to it, but they'll 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 say it's just social interaction. But uh, you know, this is to me something that like is a, not really talked about and like you said it might be a pocket experience but it's uh but it's it's one that that can uh, that can i feel uh, have a negative impact on people but let's transition and just kind of take a step back and talk about our experiences of how we got involved in nip uh in nipsey hustle in his career because i actually another reason i wanted you on this podcast and i didn't tell you this before but you were one of the, um, you and just on deck TV in general was one of the big motivating factors in me really um, digging into Nipsey Hussle because I had originally found him in 2016 on his feature, uh, Fuck Donald Trump on YG's album and uh, uh, still, still brazy that is. And, you know, and I love that performance and you know how it is in today's day and age when it comes to artists, right? Like you, you'll hear a dope verse or you'll, you'll, somebody will tell you man you got to check out this artist but there's a million artists you got to check out especially if you're someone like me that's still kind of trying to learn and and you know and, and get a kind of foundational knowledge in the culture um and, and then and then i hear you know and then fast forward a year and i still haven't checked them out and then and then i heard like another record and i and i liked that and then, and then I hear you guys talking about most anticipated albums of 2018, and you guys are talking about Victory Lap, and this is the very, very beginning of, of 2018, and the way you guys spoke about him, I knew that this was a special artist, and then I started reading the stories. Um, I, I heard the original story of the of the hundred dollar mixtape, and that was, and and that was cool. So that was like another thing, like he kept kind of popping up bits and spurts on my on my radar. But I just never um, gave it the real attention until until actually you guys really really were like no this is going to be a big album this is going to be a big moment and and I and I started to dig through his stuff and then and then you know and then Victory Lap comes out and then that's all I listened to and that became my second my my in my opinion the second best album of 2018 in a year where i listened to over 200 hip-hop records and you know and, and it was just an amazing masterpiece and that was kind of my experience with uh 
with Nipsey Hussle. What was yours, Spike? Uh, to be to be completely honest, someone was t- I was big into Kendrick, and the whole West Coast movement was starting to bubble and be bigger. Uh, Dom Kennedy was big. He had came out mm-hmm. with I can't remember what what type it was, um, but. I had heard rumors and 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 just just I guess tall tales about Nipsey. You know, he's crip from Rolling Sixties, and not anything that was making him Superman. Just you know, when I listen to my music, I like it to be people that I would you know be cool with or maybe have a relationship with. And everything that I heard about him had him sounding like a stand-up guy. And I first listened to the music, I'm like, ah, it's not that great. You know, I, I won't lie and say that it blew me away when I first listened to a Nipsey tape or listened to a Nipsey album, but I, I mean, there was something there as far as the interviews and what he spoke about with Independence. And then I remember what kind of made me pay more attention is when he started talking about releasing an album and selling it for a hundred bucks. I'm like, man, dude, this, this is crazy. Like, why is, what is this gimmick he got going on? Why is he selling this album for a hundred dollars? It don't make no sense. And um, he, I think it may have been a YouTube video where he was talking about a book that he read from Martin, that, that Martin Shrelly guy. Or, Shrelly, yeah. Yeah, one of those guys, he read a book about him. He was talking about how you just got to captivate people and you got to hit them with that wow factor. And like, I'm, I can sell my CD for $13.99 and be just another rapper. I can sell it for 100 bucks. And, and, and just everything that he was saying around the marketing process made so much sense it made me want to go back and listen to the music. Like, maybe I'm missing something here. You know, this dude making this much sense on these interviews. There's no way that his music don't add up to it. But I think that, I don't think that he took it as seriously. It may just as my opinion only that he did once he got to Victory Lap. And I think that's why it took so long to get to Victory Lap. And that's why we were so highly anticipating it on our podcast. But going back to it, I kind of grew into the music as he was growing as an artist. If you go all the way back to the mixtape, to the uh, Bullets Ain't Got No Name, like you go back to that, he was an okay rapper, but the more thing that he was more persistent than anything, he would consistently come out, you had a new mixtape from Nipsey. <clears throat> and I think by the time that it had gotten to Victory Lap, it turned into like quality. Like every time you heard a Nipsey verse, it was about something that you wanted to hear. It was uplifting and it was like in the vein of the focus that you were on in your life. And to make a long story short of like how I found him and what really turned me on to him, it was the marketing plan for the $100 CD. Like I liked him with the mailbox um, money. That was probably my favorite CD that he came out with up until Victory Lap. Crenshaw, um, that was one of my favorite albums. Face the World off Crenshaw, probably one of my that, that is, is my favorite Nipsey song with Blue Laces too. Those are my two favorite Nipsey songs. But like like I say, how I found him and was drawn into him, it was more so his personality and more so the message and more so everything that the marathon stood for and, and what Victory Lap was about, believing in his process, trusting in himself, surrounding himself with people that he that he loved and he trusted and that he came up with. That was what got me more into the music than the music leading me to him as it usually is and i think that's why his death is so impactful and it resonates much deeper than usual with artists because like you found your way to him through his personality through his interviews through the sound bites through different business ventures as opposed to the music and it made the music that much better
Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point you bring up about ju- about how you found your way because that that totally you know realizing now the way the way I explain my path to him is really similar, right? Like I hear mm-hmm. him through the word of mouth. I hear the the legend of Nipsey Hustle, and you know, being a big game fan, like game shouting him out on records mm-hmm. and and you know YG shouting him out, and then. And then you got, you know, all these artists that I like and TDE, I've seen them shout them out like numerous times, especially J-Rock and, you know, and and like, and it's just like, man, this guy just keeps popping up on my radar. Here's a hundred dollar mixtape. Like you said, that's insane. Um, You know, snippets of interviews, just little things here and there that he was able to, um, that he was able to kind of introduce himself before the music and it like you said it it he grew not only with the music but uh but you grew into it as well as as a listener and as a and as a consumer and i and i love the point that you bring up about that you know about him just being somebody that that it took a while to get to victory lap because he was doing all the all these things and it all led up to this grand you know moment of, of victory lap and then that in essence, like we talked about earlier, seems like the starting point of like a, of a new Nipsey, and now all of a sudden he's got even more opportunities than he already built for himself, and you know, and, and so it's really just a, it's it really is a unique story, and I think I think that's another reason that makes this even more tragic because on one hand it was such an amazing story, but it but it was also at the same time it feels like it wasn't complete it feels like it was just starting in some sense that's the amazing thing it felt like it was just starting like you say he'd been doing this for 19 years but it it felt like he just he he was just getting started with victory lap like the marathon had just started yeah the marathon had just started that i i i like how you put it like that um let's let's kind of give some some records that um to to recommend because um you you and i come from different um different aspects of nipsey as we kind of established with our past um and, and just our and just our foundation like i know you're you have a much deeper knowledge of nipsey hustles catalog than i do myself you know i've i've heard a majority of his mixtapes not all of them but i've only heard them you know once or twice and i couldn't really pick out a lot of records so to me I know him mostly through like 2016 features and on to victory lap, you know, so I, so I kind of have a different perspective, um, than you, but really like if you're, if you're just somebody that's listening or that, that is hearing about Nipsey Hussle because of everything that's happened, uh, and you don't really know him or you never really gave him a shot like myself and it, and it took a while, then I, I recommend really the whole victory lap album, but I know in today's age, a lot of people don't like to sit with whole bodies of work, so I, I wanted to just highlight some of my tracks that are that are my personal favorites, and that's Dedication, uh, Young Brothers, I'll say, Hustle and Motivate, uh, Fuck Donald Trump, Loaded Bases, Blue Laces 2, Real Big, Victory Lap. These are some of my favorite records. Like I actually looked this up, Spike, and... Um, according to my Apple Music statistics, uh, Young Brothers again. I can't say what it really is, but <laughs> but, uh, but Young Brothers and Hustle and Motivate are two songs that are in my top fifty all time for for plays. 
Damn, I need to check that out on mine. I'm sure about Blue Laces too. For me, Blue Laces too would probably be my number one. <clears throat> I don't know how to check my title statistics, but if I find out how to do that, I'll I'll tell you what it is. Um, if we're going, I'd like to start though with the series. Uh, Bullets ain't got no name. Start there. That'll kind of give you an early introduction to Nipsey, and it'll it'll kind of it'll it, it will fill in some of the holes as to the backstory. Uh, the mm-hmm. Crip stuff, the Rolling Sixties, the Slauson Boy, that 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 stuff that you know that you only get from a young artist and that young hunger that they would have and telling their story there. And then I think you go forward to the Marathon. I think the Marathon Project is really good, probably one of my favorites on that project. Keys to the City, yep, Top Down, Young Rich and Famous, like the and I be killing them. One of my favorite ones off of there. And Mailbox Money. I think Mailbox Money was one of his biggest releases before Victory Lap. In my opinion, he had the Rick Ross feature on there. This was probably a time that people thought he may sign with MMG. Is he going to stay independent? They didn't know what he would do. He has a song, A Hundred to Show, with Rick Ross on there. And Real Niggas Move with Dom Kennedy was pretty good. Um, Be Here for a While. That was banging. And then you had the... Um, uh, what, what was the it's the Crenshaw album excuse me Crenshaw yeah. was one of my favorite albums Face the World is probably my favorite Nipsey song like I say between that and Blue Laces 2 can't really decide depending on which day it is uh, but between those two songs are my favorite two Nipsey songs and that Crenshaw album is really after I went to the interviews and then checked out some of the music Crenshaw is, is for me when I felt like he started to grow into the artist that he was for Victory Lap and started to keep my attention through the whole period of the album and, and, and really hold me there for the music and not just because I liked the person that he was. It started to really come together on Crenshaw for me and just ride out from there. That's awesome, man. I'm going to be giving a lot of this stuff some spin and I hope and highly encourage that the listeners do as well. Like I said, I could recommend the whole Victory Lap album, 1 through 16. Oh, yeah. Absolutely That was my favorite album. That was my number one album of last year, Victory Lap. Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, the only thing... The only thing that 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 didn't make it number one was Daytona. was I just enjoyed Daytona. Yeah, that that's really all it was. So I mean, it's not like it, it's it's not like it really lost anything, uh, anything uh, weak. But you know, I in addition to all these records, um, I do recommend you watch as many interviews as you can because he was so smart, generous, and gave so much ideas. Like we kind of talked about on this podcast here, uh, Nipsey was just a great interviewer. He was to me. He he became one of those artists, and Tupac to me is is, is the is the golden example for this in the fact that an artist who is a great interview because Pac was always thoughtful with his answers. He was always charismatic, personable, um, and, and I and I get a lot of that from Nipsey. You know, Nipsey is very just open, genuine, honest. And, and and just give so much substance in, in interviews and it really reminds me of of Tupac in that way because a lot of artists you know they're they're pretty media trained and they and you know they're, they they have their talking points about their album and that's it but Nipsey someone who I feel was had a lot of conversations uh, had a lot of conversations to give and and he was always willing to give those and and put those ideas out there 
you know, even in in just any interview, it didn't matter if it was the Breakfast Club or if it was Power 106 or Hot Night 7. He he had ideas and he wanted to get them out there to impact people and just to see how people felt. Right. I, I definitely agree with that. And, that. and that's what made people lock into him even more was the ideas on top of the music growing into what it did. You're right. You're right. Absolutely right, Spike. Um, let's... Let, let's bring this uh, tribute podcast to a close. Um, I, I just, again, I recommend everything that, uh, that that's you, you mentioned as well as myself, um, the, the music, the interviews, all of that. But the last words I want to say is, Nipsey, I'm sorry I could never personally thank you for what you're doing. I mean, you've done a lot to my life by keeping me motivated, but you're also in another sense you're doing the same and more to your home community and countless others across the nation and so that that to me is a is is a real real um legacy that you leave behind beyond the music beyond the the business ventures was the fact that you you really were the definition and embodiment of a role model and like i said i mean i can't tell you how motivated uh your music made me when i needed motivation it was either your music or your interviews that I drew inspiration from. And, and that is something that I'll forever be grateful for. And I'll, and I'll forever be sorry that I couldn't ever personally face to face, express, express that to you. And, and the words of Nipsey, the marathon continues. Yeah, but I agree. I couldn't have said it any better myself other than that. The marathon continues. I, I pray that he doesn't, go in vain and that there are people around him as well as people in the community myself included will keep uh keep going what he started as far as being entrepreneur and being um having ownership of their brand and and, and doing things in a way that will be a blessing to not only uh ourselves but to many other people in in this community and, and be able to shed some light and provide some good things to a lot of people I hope that that doesn't go in vain with him, and I'll be one of the people that's willingly here to keep it up and, and move it forward as best I can. Um, let the marathon continue. Yeah, man. Let the marathon continue. Thank you, Nipsey Hustle, for everything. May you rest in peace. Your thoughts and families, uh, or sorry, your family and your fans and all your loved ones are in my thoughts and prayers. Um, Spike, I, I really want to thank you for coming on this podcast and doing this with me. You are, you know, uh, the perfect person to have for this particular discussion because of the fact that not only were you a big driving factor in bringing Nipsey Hustle into my life, but also, also just y- your extensive knowledge and the way that you were able to provide uh, more background knowledge than I than I could have I could have done myself when it when it came to when it came to this podcast and the, and and this topic. So I want to I want to thank you for that. Oh man, I appreciate you having me. Uh, I appreciate what you do here with your podcast and, and reaching out to me and, and being able to give uh, me a platform to have a conversation with you about it and, and just able to vent and, and talk about it that that's a cool thing to be able to do so i appreciate you and your audience and your fan and what that comes with 
Thank you, Spike. I, I really appreciate it, man. Take care tonight. And I really hope the next time we talk, it's under better circumstances. 100%. <laughs> Take care. All right, cool, Chris. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.